What's up, athletes? Thanks for tuning in to the Run Like an Athlete podcast. This is a show all about the everyday athlete, the normal people who find joy in running and competing. You won't find talks with pro athletes here, but what you will find is inspiration from athletes just like you. The athletes who work regular nine to fives, the stay-at-home moms, working parents, the young professionals who lace up in between the hustle of their everyday life. Now, usually I'm interviewing athletes just like you, but today we're doing something a little bit different. This is a segment called Coffee with Coach. I hold monthly check-ins with my athletes where we chat about everything and anything. Sometimes I'm answering training questions, and other times we're just sharing our successes and our struggles. For today's conversation, I'm chatting with athletes Kat, Marnie, Susan, and Betsy. And there are a couple other athletes on the call who are just listening in. You may remember Kat and Betsy from previous interviews, and if you haven't listened to them, make sure you go check them out after this episode. This is a very real and raw conversation with the team. So we're being very candid and open. I hope you find solace in some of the topics we discuss and also some inspiration. All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Good morning, y'all. How, um, I know how uh, most of y'all are doing, but Susan, I don't think I asked you, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well. Um, I also got to sleep till seven, which was amazing. That just doesn't happen. Um, all of us are pretty much early morning people um, during the week. So to get to seven feels like, oh my gosh, entirely refreshing compared to getting up at 4.30 yeah. <laughs> or earlier for Marty. My gosh, you're like even earlier than us. Um, so I um, actually contemplated putting my headphones in and just walking during this, um, but I did not get dressed enough to uh, get outside and my kids are awake. So, but I'm excited to maybe do a run this weekend, a slow one, but um, ease back into that. So are you running Um, yet or have you? Just run walk still. Yeah. It's cold. I just looked. It's 19 out there. Yeah. It's chilly. (laughs) I was looking at my weather and it is, I'm thinking it was cold and it's 45 here. So mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, burr, if I go run later, I'm going to have to have pants on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. How is, so are you cleared to start running now, Susan? Or Yeah. Um, my last PT, he said just to try <clears throat> and um, have low low run time, high walk time. So he's gave me like one minute run, four minute, um, walk. I will say I don't follow directions very well. So this week <laughs> I did go with a friend and we did like <clears throat> one minute run, two minute walk. Um, okay. and then we ended up, I, I brought my dog with, and he did not like that after a while. Cause he's older <laughs> and he started kind of limping. So we ended up walking all the way back. Um, but it felt really good. And I didn't have like the pain or feel the pull when I ran. So that was good. And I think it was probably a nice reminder that we did have to walk home to like be respectful of the recovery and not push too hard. Um, And then the next day I listened to the chat with Kat and I was like, Uh oh, here it comes again. Like, it's funny how you get these little reminders in life to say, hold on, slow down. And then the 
recovery or no training through the ages article popped up and I was like, our phones do listen to us. Oh my gosh. They listen too much. Man, they listen too much sometimes. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing. Cause those are all the reminders that I needed to just say, like, chill out. You've got plenty of time. I, yes. you know, the race I was supposed to do is tomorrow but we were just making posters for my friend that is running it. So yeah. I'm excited to go celebrate her and her. And still get to be a part of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Just perspective. Oh. That's my yeah. answer. <laughs> no, no, I love that. I love that. I'm a, well, I think that y'all know that I'm going through some feet issues myself right now. And it's really hard. I'm getting, I'm getting, Honestly, I was thinking about it this morning and I'm like, okay, I'm getting hit in the face with the reality that, um, I can be a little bit addicted to running and, uh, just working out and pushing my body and I need to slow it down. I went and got a, um, a sports massage done yesterday, um, Mm. by, um, by this guy that I've, I've never gone to, but I'm never going to go to anybody else now. He was just super knowledgeable and, and great. But anyways, he, uh, he was massaging my feet and he was like oh my god (laughs) he was like I feel really bad for your feet I don't know how you walk around the way that you do (laughs) I was like oh well that's great (laughs) but yeah whoopsie daisies (laughs) yeah yeah. that's what happens when you've been running for basically your entire life and never had your feet worked on so (laughs) but yeah so same to same to that too I'm just trying to I really want to run this race. I had really high hopes for the half that I'm going to be doing in February that, um, you know, I would be hitting this like big PR and stuff. Um, but I just need to come back down to earth and say, okay, I haven't been getting in the training that I had wanted to be getting in. I am not at the mileage that I wanted to be at by now for my long runs. Um, I was hoping to be like already at 10 miles. I'm only at six. Um, And I just need to, you know, just kind of like Kat was saying in that podcast, I want to be healthy my whole life. I don't want to get to the point where I can't do something because I have to have surgery or, you know, something is really, really wrong. I know, but but it's okay. I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not a college athlete anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I think there something I was thinking about was like, the enjoyment and the why like I would train for something and I I haven't done like a half in three years now and um you know I last year I did it the 10 miler and I was like ooh, this is a nice new distance because it's still really challenging but it really worked with like the schedule that I had and like I found so much more joy than that. Like, oh, now I have to go run 11 or now I have to go run 12 and like oh. the exhaustion that came with training. And I was like, it's okay. Like you don't always have to run a half or like people say like, oh, you did a marathon. Are you going to do another one? Yes. Like it was great. And I loved it. Um, it'd be awesome to do it again, but like, it doesn't fit with where I want to be right now. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and not let the outside voices like and it's not like somebody saying you have to go do it but like somehow I just let that little voice or pressure kind of like resonate I'm like oh why am I not challenging myself in that way it's like well that's okay because I have set maybe it's a shorter distance but I want a faster time or I want to do this and this and 
there's only so much time in my life. And I'm not a professional athlete. I'm, you know, a wife, a full-time job, a mom, yeah. all that stuff. And so I, you know, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to live and Good. find the joy in the other things that I can do and really like to be able to balance out. So I love that. I feel like that needs an applause. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. I, um, I've been thinking about that a little bit myself, having to deal with this, this foot stuff, um, training for my own half. Um, after my last half I did, uh, this will be my fourth half. I've only ever run the Austin half marathon. I should probably find another one, but anyways, this will be my fourth half that I'm doing. And, um, and after my last one, like, you know, same thing, people are asking like, oh, are you going to run another one? Like, when are you going to do a full blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I always was like, no, I don't need to do another one. Like I'm good. But I don't know. There was something I was looking at coverage of the New York city uh, marathon. And I was just feeling like super inspired. And I was like, I could totally qualify for New York city. <laughs> like that is so cocky. Like, it's so <laughs> cocky. Like looking at these people who work so hard to go there and then me be like, I could totally do that. And then go sign up for a half, like only a couple months later. <laughs> That's really like the universe is being like, you need to slow your roll. Let's make sure that your feet are hurting and that you have to take care of that. <laughs> Cause especially because there's like my halftime to, to get to, to qualify for New York city, I would have to run 42 minutes faster than what <laughs> my PR and I'm over there like, yeah, I could totally do that. Like Sonia, you are being really <laughs> cocky. You need to calm your, calm your stuff down, <laughs> but, but you, you know, could do it. Maybe you just need a longer training time to get to that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, and that's, you know, that's kind of where my head went was that like, okay, it probably wouldn't happen on this one, but I need to start like getting into that half. Um, Oh, look, there's cat speaking of speak of the devil. Um, yeah. Like get into that mindset of, okay, this is a longer training plan. Um, that is something that I have personally struggled with ever since getting out of college. Hi cat. Good morning. Glad you made it. Um, <clears throat> But uh, we were finding a lot of inspiration for conversation so far uh, from your uh, interview. We've been talking a lot about injuries and just, um, you know, coming to terms with our bodies. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, you know, in college, it was always, I don't know, because you have these set events that you're constantly training for and you're never thinking about, you know, our coaches were really great about, you're never thinking about, um, like this random meet that we're going to this or this one like mid-season like now it's your eyes are on the prize which is conference and that's all that matters is conference or nationals or whatever it is um is the big meet at the end of the season um and so so I haven't had to I honestly haven't really had to have like a long-term goal like that without having a coach like continuously ground me and say, Hey, you know, like, yeah, you went to this meet and it wasn't your best day, but like this meet doesn't matter, um, <clears throat> for a while. So that is something that just as an adult in my, you know, my past college life that I am having to 
to come to terms with. And, and, you know, I've been out of college for several years now, but I always like, I was training for CG games and that's a very long-term goal that I had a team with and stuff. Um, and my other, my past races, it was, it was, you know, I, I, I kind of signed up for them the way that I am now, where I was just like, Oh yeah. My friend's going to do a half. Like, yeah, I'll do a half. I can do that and go on the occasional run. But now it's like, okay, if I want to qualify for New York, my husband actually said this to me the other day when I was complaining about not being at the mileage that I wanted to be at yet. He was like, well, Sonia, remember you said your goal is that you wanted to qualify for the New York city marathon. So you should probably just train through this marathon and use the Austin marathon or the Austin half as a, just another long run. And I was like, you have so much wisdom, you former distance runner. (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, so all that to say that I struggle with those same things as, as, as y'all do. And it's nice to just hear other athletes talk about those things. I think it's good. Cause I, one thing I think about is that I know that I have like an intention and like a purpose and a focus, and that's always good. And when you share them out loud then it's like, okay, now I have accountability. Like I did this and I want someone to, you know, be there to like coach me in the background or cheer me on or do anything or that. I just know that I have that goal, um, and stuff, but like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Now I got distracted by the talk, but like just being able to say like the goal, it doesn't always have to be the winner. Like I'm not going to be the one that's on the podium and I'm the, or it could be, we were at CG games. Um, yes, but like, were. just, it just like, um, it's not always about like that, but it's like whatever goal I have for myself. And I th- we talked about this before I did like that 10 miler when I was like, I've never done like a race with like, just to go have fun. Like I've always had, like, this is the time I want to have. And, um, you know, I feel like I have to just run the hardest I could. And I like, sometimes you miss like the, just the pure enjoyment of like going out there and like being in the crowd. And I will say like one of my marathons that I like totally bonked on (laughs) was the Chicago one. And I was absolutely forced to walk through a good portion of it. And it was the most like, maybe that was, I wouldn't say it was a fun race for me because I was devastated at the end, but like, there was a moment where I could go through certain neighborhoods. And I was like, wow, like I honestly looked around and like paid attention to the crowds and all that stuff. And it was really fun. Um, but I didn't go into that race with that mindset. So I like went in and I was like, I'm going to break four hours. And I, um, trained really hard and all this stuff. And then I ended up finishing in like five and a half hours, like crawling over the finish line. Um, and I was so, so, so sad. But then like in the reflection moment, I was like, oh, I remember like running through Chinatown and like the crowd was so, so loud. And it was really, really cool. Even though I was so, so sad, there was this man <laughs> that had grapes on the side of the road. And I was like, I'll take them stranger. Cause I need <laughs> hydration. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, just then you get to the finish line and the, the roar of the crowd was deafening, you know? And I was like, okay, like I'm crossed the finish line and just burst into tears because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally here. But like, I, it was like a weird moment of like, I felt really guilty. Like my family had been waiting an extra hour and a half for me. Cause, um, I, I just, I was not in a good shape and I was like, got there and I was like, I just want to cry. And they're like, we're so proud of you. Like you hung in there and you did it. But I was like, but it's not what I set out to do. And it was hard to like, 
take that all in. And, you know, years later, I'm still bothered by it because I thought like I had the best training season ever, but I learned a lot from that race as far as like hydration and like taking the moments in it to enjoy it. And (sighs) it's crazy. It's, it's so crazy how you can feel how competition and, and races and stuff does that to you. I mean, yeah, it's honestly, as crazy as this sounds, it's one of the things that like makes me personally, and I'm sure a lot of maybe y'all can attest to this, but it's one of the reasons that I am. So I like, I love racing. I love competition because the outcome, like you never know what the outcome is going to be. And, and being in that state of, of tension with yourself, but then also like with your teammates or your family or, or whatever, like that is something that is just so, um, addicting is my, like, I guess my buzzword this morning, but it's like addicting. Like, it's like an adrenaline rush to me, at least like oh, not yeah. really knowing the outcome and knowing like I could push my hardest and still not beat someone that just is going to drive me even more to, to continue to, to try to get better, not just like in the competition itself, but also in my, my own mindset. And okay. There have been so many times at track meets where, <clears throat> you know, I'm standing on the, the, the end of the runway and I'm just in my own head and I could have had the best. I mean, like, kind of like you said, like the best training season or the best like training week or whatever. And then you get to competition and you're just so in your own head, it just completely throws everything off and you have just the worst, the worst day. And looking back, it's like, okay, well, I was in my own head about this. And then I was doing this to myself and talking down on myself or whatever. Like your mindset is so huge with your performance. And, and that is something that, um, that's something that I I've, as I have gotten out of competition as far as like collegiately and things. That is something that I, as a runner, am like really trying to tap into is how can I keep my, how can I better control my mind? Cause I can control my body and, and do as much of the best training recovery, all the things. Um, but what can I do better about getting my mindset trained for this? Um, which is hard. Betsy, what's for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm making myself another latte, mm, but yes. um, you want to talk about spoiled puppies? See, Winnie? <laughs> oh my gosh, how cute. They got, um, I made salmon, so I will uh, bag it up in individual baggies and freeze some of it for their breakfast. <laughs> Oh, that's good. They probably have. Yeah. I love it. Oh, but yeah, ladies, like what, how's everybody feeling this morning? Is there anything else that we, I mean, we kind of just like dove right into talking about. Can we (laughs) talk about Joy's topic that she posted in the chat about like training on pace and, um, those targets. I think that was a really good question that she posted about. Yeah, absolutely. So let me pull this question up, um, and look it over again. That's yeah. Joy always posts really great questions. Um, where did it go? Oh, there it is. 
Okay. Yeah. So kind of a long question. Let me just, so, okay. So just to refresh everyone, or if you guys didn't happen to see it, um, she's basically asking about, uh, how to appropriately set pace goals and what type of speed improvements are even reasonable to expect over different training periods. Um, And then also kind of a long-winded question as well. Um, not in a bad way, in a good way, but uh, also, you know, how, how to figure out what your pace goal should actually be so that you can attain it um, and how to go for that on race day, <clears throat> going into some strategy and things like that as well. Um, yeah, so this is a very complex question. Um, kind of like we were just talking about a second ago with mindset and, and everything, you know, Susan, you had the best training season, you know, you say of your life and you showed up at the Chicago marathon and something just wasn't right. Um, there's so much that can go into, into that. That's going to throw off a race day or make it a great race day. When you thought that you had a really crappy training season. Um, so yeah. Where do I start with this? Um, pace goals. So one thing I want to, I want to say about pace goals is I, I think a lot of times people think that, um, taking off, um, a minute or like 30 seconds of a pace is not a lot of time. Um, but it really is, especially as we get into these longer distances. So, I think the first thing to answer that question is if you are wanting to tap into like getting faster on certain races and things, know that a 5k training for a 5k and training for a 10k is very different. You know, you're doubling that distance. So you can't necessarily expect to hold the same kind of pace for a 5k that you would for a 10k. Um, same goes for, especially if we're talking about going from, you know, a 10 K to a half marathon, things like that. Um, we end up tapping into different energy systems at different times, uh, in our race. Um, and so I think first off, if you are wanting to find a pace goal, find a race distance that you really enjoy running. And if it's not a half, that's okay. Like there are five K's everywhere. If it's not a five K, if you like something a little bit longer, maybe it's a 10 K, um, find a race goal or a race distance that you really enjoy running. If you want to focus on, you know, getting faster paces. Um, because again, like I just said, you know, those different distances, if you're constantly going like, I'm going to go run a half marathon and then I'm going to go run a 10 K and things like that. Hey, that's fine. Totally fine. But if we're talking about like specifically getting into pacing and things like that, focusing on one type of race is going to help you actually tap into getting faster with each and every pace. Um, that's, there's a reason that professional runners, they usually only run like one to two, maybe three different distances because they're not going to be the, the marathoner is not going to be the fastest miler. The fastest miler out there is not running marathons because that is a totally, you know, it's a totally different race distance, um, that 
you know, they're focusing on this one distance. So that would be my suggestion to say where to start with all of that. Um, and just understanding that yes, as recreational runners, you should absolutely be going out and doing different distances. Um, and you know, kind of like what we were talking about a minute ago, doing this for fun. But if you are wanting to focus on pace, let's pick, let's try to pick a distance that we're really going to tap into. Um, I would also say, don't expect your pace to change consistently until you have been working speed work and everything like that for at least six months to a year. Um, changing, getting faster is just like any other thing in fitness, losing weight, gaining muscle mass, what have you, it's going to take a while. Um, and again, there's a lot of factors in there. There's, you know, are you doing all your recovery? Are you getting massages? Are you injury free? Um, all of those things are going to play a part in your changing your speed. So the reason that I have a really hard time with this, this question, picking a pace goal, um, and how to, how to best pick that is because there's so many different factors in there. Um, I would say, you know, I don't want to throw out like an arbitrary number, like shaving 10 seconds off your pace would happen in X amount of time. Like there's not really a linear, it's not linear like that. You're going to be doing this. And that's also why, you know, you see these professional athletes who sometimes they are running, you know, they've ran their entire lives and they've never hit that goal that, that everybody else has said like, Oh, um, you always see this in the Olympics or like big time races and stuff where the commentators are like, yeah, so-and-so, uh, has been wanting to break the world record for three years now and it hasn't happened and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's because there's so much in there and sometimes, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to beat a record by two seconds. Like, so two seconds, one second, that's a lot of time in a race. It's a lot of time in a race. Um, and especially when we're talking about individual paces. So I think, I think one thing that would be helpful, um, sorry, I'm just like looking at her question again. Um, I think as far as figuring out a pace goal goes, if you can focus on, again, starting with that, starting with an initial race, focusing on, hey, maybe we try to just shave one second consistently off of my, my miles. Um, focus on those little goals that are attainable because that's going to help you to be motivated to continue working towards it. If you set this big goal and again, like 30 seconds off of a pace is a lot. Um, let's focus on like five seconds off of a pace. Um, that is something that could take, depending on where you're at in your level of running, taking five seconds off a pace again, could take a very long time. If you're very new to running and you've done, you know, maybe you've done a half marathon one time and you're like, okay, I want to do another one. I want to run a little bit faster. 
you're going to have a much easier time cutting off a lot more time and having a better pace than somebody who is like, this is my 20th half marathon. Each time I've ran it, I've gotten a little bit faster. There have been a couple in there where I didn't hit my goals. That person is going to have to hone in a lot more on their training regimen. And they're going to have to be a lot more, um, persistent isn't necessarily the word, but just a lot more strict with their training, a lot more strict with, okay, when I go out and I run my tempo runs, uh, or my repeat miles or whatever, you know, our track work, someone like the track workouts that I have us do on, um, for Delta, like they're going to have to be a lot more consistent with their times on the track to make sure that we are getting that feeling of running these new paces. They're going to have to be a lot more like there's not going to be, they're not going to be able to go and run repeat miles and be like, Oh, well, I ran three on my desired pace, but then the other, you know, four that I ran, they were all off by like 10 seconds. So, but that was still a good training day as a coach. I'm going to look at that and go, actually, this was a really crappy training day. You were very off on most of your runs. Like this is not where we need to be. Um, and just having that conversation with, with them. Um, again, that's going to be somebody who is, is a little bit more intense. So this question also, you know, I can't stop going back to kind of what Kat and I talked about in our podcast was just that, you know, this kind of goes back to two knowing and realizing Hey, I'm not doing this for a living. This is not what makes me money. Um, This is not what puts food on my table and keeps a roof over my head and understanding that we do this for joy, but also having, you know, again, the competition aspect, it's, it's good to have goals, but also understanding that we need to be realistic with it. So picking a pace goal, um, I hope that this is helpful and not uh, like you're like, well, I already knew all this stuff, coach, but (laughs) picking a base goal can be hard. My biggest suggestion would just be like, let's go small increments at a time. Um, Very small increments, like two seconds off, three seconds off. Um, You know, if you, again, if you compare two of your, I did this half marathon this year. And then this year I did a lot of really good training, everything like that. And I cut like 15 minutes off. Hey, that's great. The next time you run a half marathon, you're probably not going to cut 15 minutes off because that's a huge leap. And this was your first one. This was only your second one. And you did a big jump. Um, Does that make sense? Does that help? Yeah, sometimes. Although, because I'm new, I don't even know how to figure out what my different paces are. Right. So when you're going, you know, this is at a moderate. I'm like, um, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then, and some of the other runs that you have us do, you know, it says, okay, this should be at 60%. I'm like, I don't even know how to figure out other than trying something and went, okay, that didn't work. That was way too fast for her for, to be able to keep it. Yeah. So I don't even know how to figure out how to do those different paces. That's great. There's, um, this is something, honestly, that question right there is one of the reasons why I wanted to start Delta because, um, 
I was telling my friend this about a year before I started, like actually launched Delta. Uh, I was talking to her because I had done one of the Nike guided runs on their app. I don't know if you know this, but they do guided runs and they're always like, okay, let's run this one at 5k pace. Let's run this one at 10k pace. And I, as a runner, like a lifetime runner, have been doing this my entire life, basically. I'm like, okay, I know how I should be feeling when I do that. But I was sitting there and I was like, I take that for granted. Um, that's a really hard thing to, to, to come to, to, to figure out, not to come to terms with, but to figure out because I take that for granted. I take that so much for granted. And I realize as an adult, like there's a lot of people who don't know what that even means. They think that they run and there's one speed. So, um, which is why I try to, to, to talk to y'all during your runs and say, this is how our body should be feeling. This is what we should be able to do on this run. So when we're, when I, whenever I say like 60%, that is like, that's a pace that is, you should feel very comfortable in. And when I say comfortable, I don't necessarily mean like, this is the easiest run in the world. I could be talking to my friend the entire time and you don't hear me breathing heavy, but this is a pace that you can run and run and run and run. Like I'm going to go out and run for 45 minutes straight nonstop that's like 60% where I'm just, I'm cruising. I okay. could maybe be talking to a friend next to me a little bit. Um, if we're talking about a moderate pace, that's a pace where you can hang with, but I'm not going to be able to talk to my friend next to me the entire time. Like, you know, um, I would be telling my friend like, Hey, I can't have this conversation. I gotta, I gotta focus on breathing and putting one foot in front of the other, because this is, this is a little bit tougher but it's still a pace that I know that I can run for a very long time without having to stop. When we start getting into those, you know, me saying like, Hey, this is our challenging pace. This is a pace where like after about two minutes, I need to walk. I know that I need to stop and catch my breath and walk because this is, this is too much on my cardio and my, my, uh, my muscular system as well. Um, figuring out those paces. It's, it's something that's going to take some time. Um, and a lot of it is going to be trial and error, Marnie, where, you know, you go out for the guided run. You're like, Whoa, okay. I thought I was at moderate, but wow, that was, that was fast. And, and I will still do that to this day. Um, I have a, a friend of mine who we go run, I go run with. Um, I always end up doing our uh, guided runs the on Tuesday, the next day. I mean, it's usually on a trail and there have been so many times that both of us start running and we're like, okay, whoa, that was, that was really fast. I cannot maintain that anymore. Um, it's going to happen. It happens to some of the best runners in the world. Um, but you do get to a point, the more you practice, you will get to a point where you can run a mile and without even looking at a watch, just knowing how your body is feeling saying that mile was about nine minutes because I feel like X, I feel like I'm running at my moderate pace. And when I run at my moderate pace, I know that it's about a nine minute mile. Um, it's just something that's going to take, it's going to take some time, um, trial and error, which again is, is why I mentioned if, if you're wanting to, to tap into some paces, having a couple races under your belt, where you can look at that race and say, okay, I ran a 5k in 30 minutes at the end of that race, I felt like I was dying or I finished that 5k and I felt like I, I felt pretty good. I was breathing heavy, but I felt pretty good. 
that's going to help you be able to say, okay, I finished that 5k felt like I was dying. I know that if I want to improve my pace, the next time I run a 5k, if it's six months down the road, I'm probably only going to be able to, you know, improve my pace by, you know, a few seconds per mile. If you get done with that race and you're like, I finished it in 30 minutes. And like, I definitely could have ran faster then you can probably actually improve your time by quite a bit more than the person who finished that race and is like, whoa, that was really, really hard for me. Um, so yeah, so that's where, that's where I would start with, with picking a pace and stuff. And that's kind of how they, they work that stuff in, in our college at our college meets. Like the first track meet of the season is always like a, Hey, we're just kind of seeing where we're at. Like, let's go out. Let's just see where we're at kind of thing. And of course you're going to have time trials and things like that before you go out to your first track meet of the season. But that's everybody's usually first track meet is like, let's just, this is a test run. Let's see how I do in competition again. Let's just get our feet wet again and see how my body feels. And then we build off of that time and figure out pace goals and things like that based off of that time. Um, so yeah, I would say if you're wanting to kind of tap into that, let's sign up for a race people. <laughs> I was going to say that as you were asking that question, Marnie, I was thinking like, how did I ever even figure out a pace that like 930 was a good pace? And I think it's just doing it. And I think back to when I first started running till now, the tools that we have that I even can know that you know, and someone tells me in my ear every quarter of a mile, you're at 940, you're at night. It's just, it makes it so much easier. Um, so the tools I think are incredible. That's helped a ton, but even I was back home in Oklahoma and I love running there because coming down from altitude, it always gives me a good test to see. And one day I was not sore. I had had a day off from working out. I should have had this great run and it was a slog. And the next day I was sore and I told my mom, I'm just going to go out for like two miles. I'm just going to run to the end of the road and back. And I got to the end of the road and I felt so good. And so it's, it's even day to day. It's hard to figure it out. Um, so I, I guess it's just doing it. Right. And, and it's so, it's so weird because on the treadmill, when you're seeing numbers uh -huh. versus when I'm outside with Sonia in my ear, mm -hmm. like, okay, you should, you know, you should feel it in your, you know, in your diaphragm. Of the, yeah. And I, I'm like, I can't connect that feeling on the road to when it's, you know, a foot of snow outside and I'm on the treadmill and I'm like, yeah, ah. but then again, I've only been doing this for a few months. So I'm like, yeah, call me your crap. So I'm like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ensuring the numbers after the runs, I think is good. It lets me know, you know, but then sometimes it gets in my head too, like, I'm never going to keep up with Susan, but I would love to be within like a half a mile or something. Um, so sometimes it gets in your head oh, for sure. <laughs> to compare the numbers, but it also lets me know, am I like, am I pushing myself enough or too much, you know, if I'm, um, and having, this is, 
I'm, I'm very big on, I don't know if y'all have, have noticed, but, um, I really try to, to encourage everybody to be consistently signing up for races, whether it's five Ks, 10 Ks, things like that, because that's a great opportunity to really see where you're at. Um, when we're at, when we're at a race, like there's all this adrenaline, we want to run faster. It's just kind of the nature of it. You are so excited to be there. There's like all these people around, um, it's super exciting. And, um, kind of to, to, to Betsy's point, um, seeing those other people and being around them, like that's going to push you out of your comfort zone. If you're running the same loop every single day, you're running you're, or you're on the treadmill every single day, like you get into this rhythm and you're comfortable and you're, and you might get done with a, a run that day and be like, Ooh, coach Sonia, that was hard. You made us do some like one minute on 30 second off intervals today. Wow. I'm my heart rates up but I still only ran three miles. That's telling me that we can push a little harder. It's that's one of the hardest things, um, for people who are running to train for is, is pushing themselves mentally. That's why I'm constantly telling you guys, like, this is a mental game. We have to mentally be ready to push ourselves harder and be honest with yourself and say, can I run faster? Am I running as fast as I can? Am I maintaining this discomfort or have I gone, okay, it's really painful. So let me just like slow down a tiny bit, like being honest. Um, and that's hard. It's really hard. That's why we have, that's why track days, uh, are so important to, to getting a new pace because you can't like, you can't lie to yourself on the track. You cross that finish line, you hit the button and you go, Oh, I was off by five seconds shoot, I need to run a lot faster. Or you hit that button and you're like, whoa, that was way too fast. I was over my time by five seconds. I need to slow down a little bit. Um, that's why, I mean, even some of the best runners in the world, they have their track days where they're running repeat miles on the track. Like you can't lie. Their coach is there. Hey, you're running too slow. That lap was too slow. You need to go faster. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough place to be just because again, it all, it's all here. It's all up in your head. <laughs> I feel like one, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay. My mic was giving me weird signals earlier, but one of the things I've run into like lately, I think, and then also, um, realized last year with training. So training for the half last year, I signed up the Atlanta track club in Austin's like a big running, um, club. And they did a half marathon training and we did some of our long runs in person. And that was so helpful for me. Cause it was just like, you know, like I, I assume this is true for everyone. You end up running a little faster or, uh, maybe even at least more consistently with other people around. And so like looking at days where I'm like, oh, crap, I have to do like eight, nine, 10 miles today, knowing I was at least doing it with other people was helpful because that could kind of push you through. But that was also helpful Marnie in finding my pace because I also like didn't really have a concept of like what that looks like. And so doing it in person was nice because we'd break into groups based off your time. And I was kind of like, uh, I don't know where to shake out. And so I ended up running with the group that would kind of run an average between nine to 10 minutes a mile. And that was where I was like, okay, this is kind of my area. And kind of like Betsy said, like I shake out on long runs generally around like nine and a half. But I only knew that because I ended up doing it a lot over time and just like kind of joining a pace group and like, so it's a really annoying answer. Cause it's like, 
you have to do it a lot, but while you're doing it, you have no idea what pace to be at. So it's like, it's a, it's a frustrating thing to like figure out at first, but, um, and I will say something else that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is true for everyone, but for me, I feel like I'm so much, at least what the treadmill tells me my time is feels so much slower than when I do it out in the world, like in the world, I'll be running, you know, like between usually nine and nine and a half. And I'm like, good, I'm at this comfortable pace, whatever on the treadmill. I feel like I'm hauling ass and it's like, oh no, you're at like 11 miles an hour. And you're like, how, like, how does this, I'm sure there's probably some like rhyme or reason there, but that's another funny thing of like balancing those differences. Cause you're, that's going to make it even harder to figure out. Cause you're like, what is reality? (laughs) Like, what is the, what is the real time that I run? So I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, a method to that madness or if it is just something you kind of figure out over time. Right. And I don't necessarily trust the treadmill because, well, it's old. <laughs> and I'm like, no. So don't trust your treadmills. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. Right. So, and that's why I'm like, Ugh, I don't like running on the treadmill. I'd rather be outside. But when it, when I, when it's like icy and like, I don't want to, yeah. I'm old. I don't want to slip. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, but, and then for me, because again, like I'm, I don't consider myself a runner at all. Um, totally are I'm, uh, but I, uh, I'm a, I, I'm a slogger, a very slow <laughs> jogger. Hey, that's okay. Speed is all relative. Speed well, is all relative. And that's kind of where I am. I'm like, my, I don't even have a time goal. It's like, I just want to slog the entire thing or, you know, I want to make sure that for every mile, because, you know, you usually can see every mile. I want to make sure that I am, you know, going, if I'm listening to music, slog for three songs in a row and then take a song off. And so I I love that kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even have a time. Love it. And that's totally, that's totally okay too. I think, you know, I, I think a lot of, of runners are actually more where in the mindset where you're at Marnie, where it's like, I just want to be able to, to run for three miles nonstop. Um, and that's something that's, again, it's, it's kind of like the pacing that's going to take time. It's going to take a long time to figure out, okay, how fast or slow do I need to be going to, be able to maintain this the entire time. Um, and being honest with yourself as well, while you're running there, there are so many times if I run by myself that I'm like, I'm just like really tired today. I think I'm going to stop and walk. And then I, if I'm honest with myself, definitely could have kept running, Yeah, but I didn't. Um, and that's, that's hard. Um, I want to, I, before I go off on a tangent, I want to go back to the treadmill thing because treadmills running on a treadmill and running on the ground are so different for a ton of reasons. And I'm sure we all know that, but, but when you run on a treadmill, there's no friction. You are, there's no ground friction. The ground is moving for you. So all you're doing is picking your knees up. So there's a reason why the, the world record for the a marathon on a treadmill is like 
an hour and 45 minutes or something ridiculous. That's definitely wrong, but it's like, it's like insane how fast people can run a marathon on a treadmill because all they're doing is picking their knees up and the ground is moving for them. It's basically like who can maintain this really high level of cardio for, you know, faster than somebody else. Um, and so, and when, and when, you know, when, uh, when the treadmill says you're running, uh, 11 miles per hour, that's, that's not, you're not running an 11 minute mile pace. You're running 11 miles in one hour. So that's, you know, what, what is that 11 divided by or 60 divided by 11? Like that's like going to be five, 10 or something miles, mile. Pace. Yeah. Yeah. So a five, 10 mile pace, like, wow, that's really freaking fast. Most of us are probably not going to be maintaining that when you go out and run on the ground. So knowing that treadmills are really great for the winter, a lot of, you know, depending on where you're at, a lot of runners will run on treadmills in the winter time, at least at some point, because, you know, it is icy, things like that. Um, but, but yeah, know that they are, they're vastly different. And I always suggest like telling people like, don't whatever your treadmill tells you, like, don't worry about it. Cause then too, if you do have an older treadmill, um, or you're using a treadmill at a gym or something like that, those treadmills are supposed to be recalibrated every like three to six months. And I can guarantee you your gym or you yourself have not recalibrated your treadmill in who knows how long. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, those could be, I mean, they could be so off. We, uh, we have these at the gym that I train at, we have these two, um, treadmills called assault runners and they're basically, y'all have probably seen these before, but they're the type of treadmills where you don't turn it on and the belt starts moving. You move the belt yourself as you start to run faster. I love them. I love running on them. Um, but they will tell you exactly how fast you are sprinting or running on that because of how fast you are moving the belt. And, but I tell the people that I, I have jump on them during my classes and run on them. I always tell them, cause you know, one person will be like, Oh, I ran like 19 miles an hour. And I'm like, well, hold on, run on this one and tell me what it tells you. And the one right next to it, will tell them that they're running like 12 miles an hour. So even between those two that sit right next to each other have been there the same amount of time. They have not been recalibrated. They are telling people some vastly different times. So keep that in mind whenever you are running on a treadmill. Like, again, that's why I try to say like, Hey, let's go by feeling If you're running on your treadmill and you know, like, Ooh, this is tough, but I think I can probably maintain a tiny bit faster. Give me like one mile faster. Um, yeah. Okay. All that to say treadmills can be very deceiving. <laughs> Susan, I love your dog right now. <laughs> he likes to be spotlighted. He's so cute. He's so cute. I was also, I was going to, uh, just tell you guys. So we, I posted, um, my really goofy post in the Facebook group of the toe spreaders and like the barefoot shoes and stuff like that. And Christian and I got our barefoot shoes in and really like, I think I said this in the thing, they were just going to be like for walking and kind of existing, not necessarily like running or anything. Cause Lord knows it would take a while to train into running in barefoot shoes compared to what I have. But, um, Actually, I have them right here. So they're funny because like they've got a pretty wide toe box, but 
even just having these now for like a week and kind of walking around with them, I've noticed such a big difference. Like I think uh, in my left foot, I've been dealing with like, I feel like it has to be like nerve or something like that. Like I was, uh, you know, being a like self-diagnosing doctor and Googling like running ailments on your feet, you know, like as you should. And once you get through all the like terrifying, you're going to die things, it's like, oh, you might have like, like Morton's neuroma. I don't know, like if you guys have heard of that, but it's, it's basically like in your foot, you know, you have the bones and it usually will happen between like, I think it's like the second and third toe. Basically it can just be a pinch nerve that gets irritated because your toe box is too tight or if we're women and we wear heels all the time, we're putting like a ton of pressure on that part of your foot and it just gets inflamed. So the good news is it was like, just wear wider toe boxes and like, you know, be gentle on the feet kind of thing. And that's something I've noticed where even just being in those wider shoes, like it, it feels a lot better and doesn't have that same kind of pressure on it. And so I think later today, I may try to go to like the running store that's across the street and see about getting uh, running shoes that have a little bit wider toe box. Cause that's just something I've been noticing with my feet now. And I don't know, it's probably, I don't know, I'm sure it shifts over time, but I never really noticed it before, but it's been something that's kind of bugged me lately. And I don't know if my feet maybe are like uh, swelling a little more when I run, or if it's just like, whatever, you know, timing, but anyway, that, I don't know. I thought I had more of a point with that. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> did other than <laughs> I've been trying the barefoot shoes so far and I really like them. So, um, yeah. Good. I've been me personally, I have been wanting to, to get a pair as well. Um, I know that I sent that, you know, big long message in the, in the chat, but, um, this is why, on some of y'all's recovery runs, I'm like, run these X runs barefoot because our feet do, our feet were meant to be more barefoot than they are. Um, so we can a lot of times develop some, some acute injuries or pains in our feet because of the shoes we're running. Um, for example, my, my feet stuff, I bought a brand new pair of shoes right before I started training for the half. And after the first week of training, I was having some, um, plantar pain. And so I just assumed I was like, okay, it's cause I'm adding mileage. I haven't ran this much, um, and this fast in a while, I just need to roll it out. So I'm rolling it out, doing all the things it kind of, it goes away. And then, and then I start getting after about mile three, I'm starting to get some numbness in my second big toe on my right foot. And I, um, in my brain, I'm like, okay. Um, I know for a fact, my right leg is a little longer than my left leg. Um, I have, you know, a doctor has told me that, um, they have also told me that I put 169 pounds of pressure on my right big toes. Every time I take a step, uh, when I'm just walking. So, okay. I just need to do some more feet strength stuff to like help my toes, like be a little stronger. Um, it's again, it's been a while since I have trained for a long race. Okay keep going. And now the tops of my feet are starting to bother me. And I'm like, man, what is going on? So I switched to my older shoes, um, my Adidas that I haven't ran in, in a long time, but they do have a pretty wide toe box and I go on a six mile run and my feet feel fine. So shoes have a huge, they play a huge role in, in your comfort when you're running, um, finding some good shoes, and, and this is kind of the point that I was trying to make in my, uh, in my post. Like if you have shoes that work for you, you've never had feet issues before. I mean, yep. don't worry about it. 
But if you have had get the same ones for like 20 years, I'm not changing. We bought those Altas or whatever they're called because they're oh, yeah. the Colorado ones. And I did one of our runs in them and my shins and calves killed me for a week. I just can't do it. No, <laughs> don't, don't. When you find running shoes that work for you, like you don't need to, you don't need to change them. Don't change. Yeah. Etsy, don't. What, are, what, what's your uh, 20 year long brand choice? Asics. And oh, nice. I, I firmly believe I was a cheerleader growing up. And so I wore ASICs since I was yeah. like 10 years old because that was the cheerleader brand. I think my feet just like molded to those. And so <laughs> that's what I get. Yeah. Hey, if it works, it works. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Kat, I would suggest if you're having some feet issues, I would suggest going to get a, um, a sports massage specifically on your feet and calves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm always talking about like rolling out your feet and stuff like that. Um, but I went and got one, uh, yesterday cause my feet were sore from all the running and the shoes that I shouldn't be running in probably. Uh, and I was amazed at how, you know, even though I'm pretty consistent about rolling my feet and stuff, never have I ever rubbed out the tops of my feet. Um, never have I ever rubbed out these like really weird, acute muscles, um, right behind my knee because I can't reach those. Um, and I was amazed at how much better my feet feel simply from like him rubbing out. I mean, when I talk about like, like, like your knee pit, he was rubbing muscles out, like up in here. And I was feeling my feet, like literally my toes were popping as he was like rubbing out up here. And I was like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And he kept being like, your poor feet, you need to take better care of them. I was like, I thought I took such good care of them, but I guess not. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Another sports massage soon. I yeah. uh, love him. I like do Christian too. Never, he's like not a massage guy. Like he, he's like very ticklish. So it's like torture for him. And I'm just like, uh-huh. oh, man, it's just like such a, such a great sensation. I highly recommend. I, yeah. And I've gotten, I've gotten sports massages before, um, but always gone in and just like, been like, just give me a full body sports massage, but having him for an hour focused just on my feet and ankles and that one spot in my calf, well, I guess the back of my knee, it was like, whoa, I've never had a sports massage like this before. It was crazy. (laughs) So highly recommend find yourself a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all, well, we have been on the phone for a while um, and I have no problem with it. Do we have, what other questions do we have? I mean, I understand also if you're like, I gotta go, Marnie's gotta go look at beach houses. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. We need to see pictures, Marnie. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, what else? I mean, is there anything, questions? John snuck into the call. Don't know if y'all saw John is here. He's probably making his his gourmet coffee in the background somewhere, but uh yeah um what else y'all what else questions comments concerns what are we working on this next week (laughs) Mm, great question um we're still (laughs) (laughs) that's okay we're still in our uh speed phase so we are going to be doing a tempo run on monday uh whereas y'all know those are some challenging ones where we're 
tapping into tempo runs. These are at like 90 to hundred percent of our max effort. We are moving as fast as we possibly can for some slightly shorter periods of time, uh, 90 seconds or less. Uh, we're going to have lots of break in between. Um, so this is really, this is an opportunity to, this is an opportunity to think about the, these runs as like we're strength training. Um, I think I've said this before, but, but yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. We should get done with these runs and be like, wow, I feel like I just got done doing a lifting day. My legs are pretty sore. My arms are pretty sore. My core is pretty sore. Um, yes. Cardio wise, you're going to be breathing very heavy, but as far as cardio goes, we should recover much faster from a tempo run cardio wise, catch a breath versus a VO two max run VO two max run. We are like, we're still breathing heavy when it's like, all right, time to go again. But when we do our tempo runs, we should very much be like, okay, like cardio wise, I'm ready to go. But then the second you start running again, feeling your legs be very stiff and heavy. Um, so yeah, so that's where we're going to be at this week. Um, and then instead of a tempo lift on Wednesday, we're doing our, um, we're doing the workout that I had in the program, uh, for yesterday. So we're going to be doing our compound sets. So squats, I think we have squats and box jumps. Um, now I like, want to look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, we really have squats. Liked, I really liked yesterday's workout. Not that I just like, oh, but I don't know something about yesterday's, uh, I liked what was, was it squats and box jumps? Am I, or am I crazy? Yeah. Squats and box jumps, the military press pike push up, and then the RDL single leg RDL and what went with that? Oh, the runner's hip thrust. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. And to go back to, to go back to that question that joy was asking about pacing and stuff, lifting weights is so crucial to your speed. Um, people don't realize it, but when we, when you run your calves alone are taking on anywhere from three to five times your body weight of pressure with every single step you take. So if you want to get faster, it is crucial that you are doing extra or not extra, but doing some sort of weight training because you're going to get to a point where simply running is not going to have your legs be strong enough to run faster because as we run faster, we put more pressure on these muscles. We put more pressure on our joints and we're only going to be able to get so fast by doing strength training once a week. Um, which is also why, uh, I wanted to add some yoga with cat so that we have a extra strength day that just taps into a little bit different type of strength. So, so yeah, which by the way, cat Marnie said she was doing your yoga this morning before this she morning. jumped on. Mm -hmm. Yay. That's so exciting. <laughs> Everybody loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a funny, uh, moment like shout out to you Sonia for juggling all the things like it was funny <sighs> being on and being like okay gotta try to get like, like I'm having a moment where I'm like wow I need a new camera okay let's see gotta keep the earbuds in you know like make sure people are in the waiting room and like make sure the music's playing and like I guess they can hear it I can't really hear it but I don't know I'll figure that out later like it was all so many things you know and then that's why with like I start teaching and then at, it was like 10 minutes in I know I mentioned this to you and Marnie I'm like 
oh crap, I have not been keeping an eye on the waiting room. Like there's totally a chance that people joined late and I apologize again, Marnie, <laughs> that they joined late and I totally forgot to like let them in. And so it was just a funny moment of being like, wow, there's a lot to juggle. Like, it's just so funny that the technology behind the scenes that goes with it. So shout out to uh, you, Sonia, for doing oh. it so seamlessly. <laughs> well, I've been practicing for a while. Um, <laughs> you should have seen the very first workout I led on a on zoom. It was not, it was not pretty. I kept like, I'm so used to leading classes in person. And so I was like talking to people, like talking to people, like I normally would for class and like cracking jokes and like waiting for people to laugh. And I was like, Oh, they're all muted. So like, maybe they are laughing at home, but like, I can't, okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like just keep going. It's, it was such a weird, there was no feedback. And it was odd. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the first time somebody worked out with me, they were like, this is lady know what she's doing. <laughs> I, I give I credit to you all as well. I went over to our trainer's um, house to like take some equipment out of her garage. And that's where she had all of her stuff set up. So I like stood in her space for a second. And I was like, okay, here's where her camera is. I see this light and I'm standing there going, oh my gosh, like, this is so bizarre. Like all the interactions that I get on zoom are with people like this, where we're, you know, constantly collaborating to be one-sided. I mean, I know you can see everyone, but like, you're not asking them for that feedback necessarily in there. And I was just like, this is bizarre. Like I give you all so much credit to be there alone and not like to have to draw the energy differently to like, stay, you know, excited and pumped and feed that into your, to your students or who you're training, like, whoa, I just stood there. I was like, I sent her a text. I was like, Heather, thank you so much for <laughs> all this. Cause I can't imagine being in here and doing that and trying to recreate what you're so good at doing in person. So you guys both have a great disposition on this, on zoom and it was fun. And, um, I'm glad we get to do that with you. And we were, you know, not being in Austin or Atlanta, um, it, it feels like a great connection. So yeah, it's so fun. It's a cool opportunity. We, um, so I was teaching at a studio in Austin when, you know, like the shutdown in March of 2020 first happened and Shelby, the owner pivoted and she invested in this like beautiful camera and just like video setup, like this whole platform. And, but it was so strange. So what we used to do is like go into the studio. So we'd be in the space. The background would look the same to like you on the screen, but I was teaching to a camera. Like I did not have any, like there was no seeing what anyone was doing behind it. And like, it wasn't like zoom where I could at least see like a tiny little square. It was just like, I'm teaching just to a camera. And so it was really surreal the first few times doing it. Cause like, and I was hooked up to a mic, which normally in our studio we didn't use. So I could hear my voice through the speakers. So it was really just like a super just reorienting of like, yeah, just there's something to be said for that energy in the room, especially with yoga. Like that, I think is one of the most heartbreaking things about COVID is it's really made like there's, I think maybe we said this when we were talking on the podcast, but like the power and like being in a room of people breathing together is like really amazing. And so not having that, like that same sensation anymore is just such a bummer, but it was especially disorienting in those first few times where it was just like, I'm teaching to a camera and like, wow, I hope any of this lands, <laughs> you know, like it was so, so surreal. So it's definitely a, a readjustment for sure. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. 
I, as a trainer, I rely so much on being able to like put my hands on someone to put them in good form. That for me has been one of the hardest things with Zoom is being like staring at the camera and being like, okay, that person's back is so out of whack. Um, (laughs) What can I say to them that's going to make them fix it? And just, it's, it's really forced me to have to get better at using my words to describe how your body is supposed to be. And there are so many times I used to get so frustrated when I first started teaching classes on zoom, where I would be like, no, like straighten out your back. No, you're not, you're not, you know, you're still not straightening out your back. Nope. Your back's still not straight. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what else to say. All right. We're just going to move on. Like <laughs> it's so it's, it's, that's the hardest thing, been the hardest thing for me. Um, because y'all know me, I love the camera on me. I can like sit there and be like, Oh yeah. Keep looking at me the whole day. But like, <laughs> But being able to, to help people get in good warm and stuff, that's, that's why sometimes I'm sure y'all have looked at me, especially in strength workouts. And I'm just like making these really weird faces of the camera. Cause I'm like, mm, I'm thinking like, okay, how am I going to say this to make sure that cat understands what I'm trying to tell her? Like, how do I tell her to squeeze her glutes in the way that she's supposed to? <laughs> well, are we, are we, um, should we be, I don't know how to say this, facing the camera a different way so you can see it better? Honestly, um, I mean, even as a trainer, like there's not one, like when I'm training people one-on-one, like there's not one way that I, I have to be constantly circling. And even when I'm constantly circling someone, there are things that I miss and it's not until like, even sometimes it's not for like a very long time that I finally realize like, Oh, it makes sense. Now, now I finally see why you can't keep your heels down when you squat. It's actually because your hip is poking out like this, like, and I just put two and two together. Um, so as long as I can see you in the camera, I'm going to do my best to, to help you out. Um, so yeah. But yeah. Oh man. I, I have to jump. I have one question left um, because this yeah. was a, something that you brought up with Kat as well. Um, yeah. It sounds like there's maybe a big birthday coming up um, this month, Sonia. <laughs> so can you just tell us yeah. what day that is? Um, yeah, I'm turning 30 on the 24th. 24th. I know. Okay. So fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great. It's going to be a, a karaoke themed birthday party. Ooh. Yeah. yeah wow. Y'all haven't figured you, it out yet. I like to sing. Are you leading us through a run that day or are you taking that day off? Um, I was probably going to lead y'all through a run anyways, because it's on a Monday. Um, and my birthday we're celebrating at the weekend, the weekend afterwards. So, you know, yeah, so we get to celebrate with you on that Monday. Yeah, Yay. we're going to play all my favorite music, which is basically <laughs> dad rock. So get ready. Y'all. It's going to be great. <laughs> I know. Marnie's going to be pumped. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh, to be 30 again. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, I, it's weird hi, Susan. being old. This oh. is weird. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm only turning 30, but like everybody keeps being like, you're old. And I'm like, age is just a number. Like, stop it. You're not, no, you're not old. Mm -mm, No. Mm -mm. What, what, uh, weird in what way, Marnie? 
Yeah. You're on mute. Oh, you're muted. I feel like you're about to drop some knowledge, so. Yeah. Well, so I fully remember like being in my 20s and 30s. I had so, like I was always moving. Like I was, because, you know, I was going out, I was playing softball, during the summer, five nights a week and going out afterwards and then going to my job and being able to do my job. And, but I didn't have as much um, responsibility in my job that I do now. So I'm, so my focus has shifted. Um, and you know, when you were talking earlier about, um, about racing and all that stuff, when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, I was able to go out and do a sprint triathlon with minimal training, minimal yeah. training and feel fine the next day. Dude, that ain't it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh -huh. just, it's, it's, but I remember that feeling, but my body just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, that's just to me weird. It, it it's very hard to wrap my brain around going, wait a minute, but it was just the other day. Like literally I'm like, oh, you know, mm, 2000, that was, that was just a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh no, it was 20 years ago. So <laughs> I was 30 in 20. In wow. So I'm like, wow, there, oh, wow. <clears throat> the time has passed, so. That, well, it sounds like it's been a good time, Marnie. Oh, very good time. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's what matters. That's exactly what matters. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 Kat and I had, I have been coming to this realization a lot in the past couple of years is like, as we get older, you know, I, I love all these like really intense training questions about like, how should I figure out my pace and, and goals and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Honestly, a big portion of it is just maintaining uh, like uh, injury prevention and like maintaining how your body is feeling and, you know, coming to terms with the fact that like, hey, maybe running this super fast pace hurts my body and mm -hmm. I need to scale it back and think of a new goal because my body is just at a point where it's all just pain management now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think that's why it's yeah. so important. The practice of like, checking, this is going to sound really yogi, but hear me out. Like, that's why it's so important to have that practice of dropping into your body and checking in and seeing mm -hmm. how you're feeling. Cause I think Marnie, it's really hard being human and experiencing our body aging in a way that our brain doesn't necessarily like they both age, but there's a disconnect, you know, like you will feel mentally much younger than your body will allow you at a certain point. And so that's where it's a really important practice to have some of that reassessing opportunity because it can be so hard to be like, Oh, just yesterday. I could just do that. Like, and to your point, like 2000 was yesterday. So like, I could just do that yesterday. Why can't I do that today? But it's like, Oh no, like my body has aged. Things have changed. Like I need to check back in and not hold myself to that standard that I held myself to like X amount of years ago. I mean, we, and we do that. I think our culture too is really hard with that. Like just the stamina that it holds yeah. us to. Well, and, and I'm, I'm going to sound like the old lady here. Okay. I am. That's fine. But I am so jealous of people like you guys. Now you're in your late twenties, early thirties, 
and having all of these different opportunities of, you know, yoga is way more popular now and easily accessible than it was when I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Like I never yeah. heard of yoga when I was in my late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. It, it was step aerobics was my thing. Right. So I, I was a, an aerobics instructor, but that also made my, I didn't take care of my body. Like I ought to have, I didn't have, Hey, this is a recovery week. We need to make sure that we're doing something different. Yeah. You can be active, but take care of your body foam rolling. Yeah. Nobody heard of that, or at least I didn't hear of that yeah. back. And so I, so I think I haven't taken care of my body up until now. And yeah. so it's 30 years of abuse for, for the most part. And now it's like, holy crap, this is hard to, to reverse some of that, you know? Yeah. Like, oh I, yeah. Yeah. I can't, my hips, I can't even sit cross, you know, mm. crosswise anymore. I'm like, oh, no, oh, oh. So it's, it's, it's what it is. Yeah. That's, that's something that, uh, we definitely take for granted. And that's something that I always took for granted being a college track athlete too, was I'm working out in these state of the art facilities, you know, with, with my athletic trainers at Rutgers went on to like work for the, the Buccaneers. And like, you know, these are people who really know how the human body works. And I'm like going in an hour before practice and being like, Hey, can you like hook me up to that machine and like fix me with that and like do all the things. And they're like, Oh, this hurts. Like here, let me like dig this in. And, and then I get out of college and it's like, Oh, I have to do this on my own. Okay. How do I, how do I do this? Like, what does this muscle even do? Like how it's, it's, it's something that I have always taken for granted. And I mean, you know, to your point, Marnie, like the beating your body down over the years, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to teach yourself to focus on all the things instead of just the one thing that you want to focus on, which is just running. And yeah, yeah. there's so much more to it, you know? So and it is yeah. bonkers to me. Like one of my soapboxes that I will get on is like, we should be taught in school or, and I mean, that's just like the, the best kind of place we can make it happen. But like, we will, you know, occasionally you will have like a human physiology course that's taught by a coach who like kind of doesn't care or like what, you know, it'll be like bunched in with like nutrition and home ec or I don't know, whatever the kids are doing now, maybe I sound really dated, but, oh. um, like we're, we're never taught. And like, if we're an athlete, we might be lucky to have some of the opportunities to learn some of those things. But even like, for me, we were taught to stretch, but like recovery wasn't really talked about all that much. Like, and so there, it's just, you have to seek that opportunity to learn it. And it's just a huge disservice to us. Cause like, even if you're not going to be a personal trainer or even in, you know, particularly in the fitness world, it behooves everyone to have a basic knowledge of how your body that you live in every single day for the rest of your life functions and how to take care of it properly. Like that's my beef with like nutrition and some of these things, like we just don't, you have to seek that knowledge out and it's just such a disservice to ourselves. Yeah. I could not agree more. Yeah. And, and especially around nutrition, right? I I am not even kidding you. And it's embarrassing to say, but even uh, 10 years ago, somebody said, oh, they had a, a veggie, um, like meatless taco. I'm like, you are crazy. Why would you ever do that? And I'm like, why was I so 
down on, <laughs> you know, a veggie taco. And it was like meatless crumbles, right? And I'm like, oh my God, just have some meat. What is the big deal? And now I'm like, I try and have some sort of meatless day at least once a week, if not two. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe just even 10 years ago, I said that. And I was like, oh, that's so embarrassing because, you know, plant-based pro protein is so good for you on so many different levels, but it's so, Kat, you were talking about, you know, being down on vegan, right? And people are like, oh, why? I'm like, because it's good for you. Yeah. And you can have delicious food that is healthy for your body, that is plant-based, but everybody is like, Ooh, that's so foo foo. I'm like, no, it's it's really not. So, yeah, that, that was my big soapbox. Sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> I love it. It's hard being. We grew up. We, I mean, we the United States in general is such a meat based society. So you know, we we grew up getting told that milk was the best calcium for your bones, and like, if you think about it, humans are literally the only mammal on the planet that drinks milk after our infancy. And not only do we, we don't even drink human milk. We drink another animal's milk. Like that's kind of gross if you really think about it. And so, so absolutely. I mean, those thoughts of like, of, oh my God, how do I even eat? Not like, how do I even fuel myself without meat? Like it's, it's hard. I am. Um, I think I know Kat knows this, but um, I don't know if everybody knows this. I was a vegetarian for a couple of years um, and I would get that all the time, but cheese. Yeah, John, I feel you on that. <laughs> um, but I used to get it all the time. Like people would be like, wait, so, so what do you like? What do you eat if you don't eat meat? And I'd be like, um, way more food than you do. Did you know that there's way more plants out there than there are animals that we eat. So I can, if you think about it, I have more variety in my <laughs> meals than you do with your beef, chicken, pork, and squirrel. Like, I don't know what else are you eating? Like, <laughs> you know, it is really, it is really funny how to your point, Marnie, like March will be 10 years that I've been vegan. And it has just been a world of difference now versus like when I first started, like it was still like it was up, up and coming for sure. But like, I still would get a lot of the question of like, where do you get your protein? And like a lot of those favorites. Right. And now that's not really the case anymore, especially because of you have mainstream outlets like Burger King and KFC and some of these places, even now having vegan options, which is just like bonkers to think about. And you can debate the like health, uh, status of them, like for sure. But it, it's more to the point of like, you're just normalizing it. So kind of like you were saying, Marnie, like it's not as weird when you can access it so easily. And it's, it's just something that's on the menu. And even last night I was having dinner with friends and, um, the place we went had a jackfruit special taco. And like my friend Kelly, like pointed it out and she was like, Hey, she's like, I didn't even know what the heck jackfruit was like a year ago before I met you, but now I like see it and notice it. And so it's even just that, right? Like you just start to kind of notice the things more and they're less weird because they're just around so it's not as like foreign of a concept as it, it used to feel like yeah for sure so yay <laughs> yay for learning new things all the time <laughs> i know i know right yeah oh man well y'all this has been probably one of our longest coffee with coach conversations um i have loved it so much yes. um yeah yeah 
But um, I am going to jump off because I also need to go fuel my body and do some other things today, <laughs> as I imagine y'all do as well. But thanks for spending some time with me this morning um, and chatting with me uh, about all these things. Um, I know that um, I come on here and I want to help you guys out, but I also get so much value out of having these conversations and I love just chatting with the team more. So thanks for being here, y'all. Thanks for hosting. It was fun. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I love it. Yay. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. That was such a great conversation. I love having people to discuss the joys and the struggles of training with. If you loved that episode, make sure to follow the podcast and give it a five-star rating until next time team get out there and run like an athlete.